Welcome everyone to Overcome Podcast episode 58. Um, and today we have an amazing episode for you with uh, Welsh track and field athletes and medical students. In the 2021 Combined Events Challenge, she was the Welsh Senior Champion and in the same year she also finished fourth in the European Combined Events Cup and the English Combined Events Championships. With that amazing resume, I'd like to welcome Laurie Dave. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Hey, Laurie, thank you for being on today. And um, you've been competing for a long time. I was just looking to uh, the details about your resume that you sent and did mm -hmm. some research also. And you won many uh, national titles starting at 12. So yeah. at that time, kids wanted to play and have fun. So you were playing, having fun, competing, right? Yeah, well, that was my fun. So I was good at sport in school, and that's what I enjoyed. Um, and luckily, I just went into competing and was just naturally good at it. And I just stuck at it, really. So it's funny because um, you always have this uh, competitive aspect on you, or it was more like your parents or in coach that were pushing you to do it? I wouldn't actually even say I'm competitive. It's more that I strive to reach like my own potential. Mm. I've never been competitive in the sense of comparing myself to others around me. I've never gone into a race being like, I've got to win this. Um, and that actually, I've sort of identified it could potentially be a weakness I might have to change. But I was never pushed into it. My parents were always supportive, but they allowed me to do anything I wanted to do. I just loved sport and that's just the thing that kept me happy and, and still keeps me happy to this day. This is a quite amazing because that, that this mindset of, oh, I'm not really competitive, I'm just trying to be my best. You look at things in a different perspective, right? Because even yeah. probably even when you lose, you're not like disappointed that you lost. You may be disappointed with your own numbers, right? Yeah, that's it. And, and like I said, I, I might try and, and change to become a little bit more competitive because you'll find I am maybe too laid back sometimes because I have quite a a wider perspective on competition. You know, I go into a race and I think this is just a race and it's a part of where I want to go. It's part of my journey, but the result today doesn't matter, um, which, which is true, but I do want to make, I want a little bit of a more competitive edge so I can take a race more seriously <laughs> in the future. When you say taking seriously, you do take serious because you compete consistently and I'm pretty sure that you like uh, the feeling of winning. So you do take seriously, but uh, you don't take the loss that seriously, right? It's not, it doesn't affect you that much. That's it, yeah. Okay, and, and uh, so every time that you go to a competition, you probably don't even get nervous, do you? No, I don't really, like, to be honest. <laughs> I just really enjoy it, and, like, I just, I can't wait to be there. And um, I think, obviously, yeah, every, everyone's different on a competition scale, but I'm very talkative and, and giggly, and some people say, oh, my gosh, like, surely that's not what works, but it's it's what works for me. Interesting. That's amazing. Uh, you probably have a lot of friends that are in the opposite side of this spectrum, I mean, they are extremely nervous to perform, and how mm -hmm. do you help them to, to get better? Yeah, so I do find that my presence helps because, you know, having that person who sat there smiling and giggling and, and reminding you that it's just a race or it's just sport and at the end of the day, the result isn't going to affect your life or, you know, doesn't change your value, then it does help. But I definitely can be annoying to some of them sometimes <laughs> because... <laughs> 
some of them are so competitive and and, and i'll find sometimes at the start of the race and and the gun's just about to go off you know the girls are slapping their legs and they're screaming and they're really focused and i'm sat there like looking around like oh gosh <laughs> am i <laughs> supposed yeah, I to do that too <laughs> yeah i should be trying to do that so do you think that because i know by reading uh, some of your uh other interviews that uh, one of your goals of course is olympics do you think that you can keep this same approach if you want to go to that, that far um yeah i think so i, I always want to keep like light-heartedness into my sport and my life so i'll definitely keep a more chilled approach but i'll just yeah like i said like this year i kind of want to try and you know take a little bit more seriously and have that little bit of competitive edge but don't allow it to take over so i definitely will have um an element of just me being silly throughout it all regardless of how far i'll make it so hopefully um if it does come to that you'll still see me smiling and giggling on a bigger stage this is uh this is probably also helping you during this rehab because i know that this season you're not training because of an injury so first of first mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about this injury what happened and uh how the rehab has been so far yeah so it started with with a bit of knee pain last october um and it only happened during like specific jumps if we were taken off a high jump So we tried to like deload and just stick to the running and it was okay for a little while. And then I tried to do the indoor season last year. So that's January mm -hmm. 2022 now. Um, and I really hurt myself trying to do nationals to then qualify for the British Championships. Um, so we put that indoor season on hold um, and we carried on through rehab. But the problem that we had last year was the Commonwealth Games, which was is a big deal for, for Welsh Athletics and Wales. And obviously, I was in line to potentially qualify for that. So we kind of pushed through that injury initially, um, but that knee pain just wasn't going away. Um, and we thought, you know what, we'll work through that pain. But the problem was the instability of that knee. It wasn't the pain that you know caused us to stop. It was, oh, this pain is telling us that that knee's not right and that knee is is not working how it should so i wasn't getting off the floor i wasn't gaining that height or that speed or distance i needed uh, did you did you do any mri to see what's going on there yeah so i did actually very recently um and actually it's confirmed what we thought it, it was which is patella tendinopathy which is a very sticky injury it's it's known as jumper's knee it's quite frustrating but actually my main injury last year was illness so i had the covid vaccine And I reacted really badly to it. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, which obviously I didn't even expect being a medical student. You know, I just went in thinking, you know, I need it to be on the wards and to help others. And I've not been the same since. So actually, one of my main issues last year was I had like chronic pain. And I'm st I still have it now. So we're still trying to figure out how to overcome that. So the injury is still not over. <laughs> wow. So it, it, was that the first shot of the boost? It was the first one. And so that you didn't even take the other ones then? Probably. I haven't, unfortunately. Obviously, I would have liked to have, but I haven't because of my own health, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, for the knee, do you have to do any surgery or can you heal just with re rehab, exercise and things like that? So the stance we have now is that it shouldn't require surgery. Um, we checked for other things like fat pad impingement or other anatomical uh, variances and 
and that's all clear um so at the moment i am for the next four months so leading up to just after christmas all we're doing is loading it all it is is rehab and if by then it's still struggling then there is option of surgery but that is last resort do you feel progress like comparing to what where you were when you started this um so i actually didn't find progress for a very long time so like i said the, the initial pain was in october 2021 mm -hmm. um and that pain i would say didn't actually improve until about six seven weeks ago when i had five weeks off for exams and acad like academia so i found that rest period really just slowed my knee down reduced that inflammation and now i've gone back into training about last week and so far so good i can still feel it's not 100 but we're just taking that time to just rehab it and just take it through all the motions again up till christmas and fingers crossed it'll work but we'll have to see how are you dealing with that i mean you have a busy life as a medical student and everything so putting the competitive training aside and not competing then seeing uh, your friends competing how did you react to that did you take a a, a beat on that uh, psychologically speaking or you 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 reacted normally um no it definitely was disheartening especially commonwealth games it was like one of my main targets for years and um to be honest but two years ago we didn't think we'd make this commonwealth games um and it was only because i had a really good season last season so the season of 2021 that it kind of put me in that light of oh i could qualify so to make again to make it more light-hearted i kind of thought well i wasn't even going for this commonwealth games it was always 2026 hmm. and beyond because i see myself as like a development senior athlete i feel i get better every year i'm still growing into my body so i feel i see myself improving and being at my best you know 25 plus years old so that's how i sort of dealt with it was actually this commonwealth games was just a bonus and that i just had to be happy for everyone else around me so we had another welsh athlete in the games this year uh, lauren evans my training partner and i just had to focus on you know that she has that opportunity and that's her time and that kind of helped me through and also i had exams as well which was another reason we sort of decided not to compete um so I had quite a lot on my plate and I just, again, tried to be positive about it. But I, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't hard to deal with yeah. or accept it. Yeah. Uh, are you uh, mid-way uh, to finish the degree or are you still in the beginning? So I was going into my third year, but funny enough, so <laughs> we had multiple assessments this year and I failed one of them by a couple of marks. Um, med school's brutal and they've sent me back the entire year so I'm currently in my uh, third year of five now okay so it's a bit frustrating um, and I find the med school haven't been very supportive in trying to aid me with both careers so I'm currently politically trying to improve that in the med school um, but yeah unfortunately I've had to go back a year but again it's something I've got to refocus i've got to reprioritize and just use this year you know technically i've done that year before and i did well in all my assessments except for one and I, i have to redo them all so in a way it's a year for resetting it's a year of not chilling but you know it's, it's a little bit calmer so i'm just again taking it in my stride 
It's a, it's an interesting time as well because if you think about 2022 is probably the first uh, full year if you think about normal year compared yeah. to the last two years with COVID. Exactly. Uh, so it's like okay, this is the year because we are going back to normal and everything, and then a lot of things happens to you uh, because you probably were out completely on in 2020, right? Because of COVID, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so Wales as well. So UK had really strict rules and, and lockdowns, but Wales was even worse. Um, we couldn't go anywhere. Um, but again, I actually used COVID to my advantage. I kind of recognized my weaknesses. So at the time, I wasn't very good at javelin. Um, I had some core weaknesses. So I really built myself in 2020, which gave me that really good 2021 season. But were you able to train in 2020? Yeah, so we weren't able to train at a track, but what we did was my coach, Finn Corcoran, he created like a online platform. Um, we did like Zoom calls, Zoom circuits. It was all online. Um, and I was lucky enough. Um, I've got some land at home and I was throwing javelins in my field <laughs> in the back garden. And honestly, my PB improved massively that year. So I again, I just used it to my advantage. And sometimes people like, make training complex and 2020 allowed us all to go back to the start like we were just doing planks we were just doing push-ups and running and actually we we really struggled with that you know we'd find that some of us couldn't even do a plank properly and they think you know you're trying to jump as far as you can and throw far but if you can't do those basics then you're not a good athlete so you actually were fine that a lot of us got better after covid so it's interesting. It's interesting. So, but you don't have like a home gene, right? Like with weight and everything, and everything, do you? Um. So I don't. But I, I was lucky enough that we had like this really old shed with honestly the rustiest weights in the world, <laughs> and I used some of them. And I think I managed. I luckily had a hex bar, and I think I had like three twenty kg plates. So I, I did utilize some weights, but like I said, in a really dusty. Yeah, barn. It wasn't great. Were you able to <laughs> run outside? Because I know that some places you were not even able to go outside, you know, for a park to run and things like that. Yeah, so there were times we weren't able to. I think there was about six to eight weeks we weren't allowed to leave the house. Um, but like I said, because I had fields, I was just trodden along my fields. And then Wales allowed everybody to exercise for half an hour a day. So I'd run to the town and back, which is about two, three kilometers. Um, so that's all I did and then what what made it hard though was during the winter everything was icy so I couldn't even run outside yeah. at some point so then I bought a skipping rope from Amazon and just skipped to the house <laughs> much to my mother's annoyance she um, <laughs> wasn't happy with me and the funniest thing we um, I really got into pull-ups over Covid <laughs> and I was using my mum's shower to do pull-ups wow <laughs> And over the time, so over that year of pull-ups, I got better, but the screw got loose in the shower. And one day, <laughs> I fell onto the shower door and it shattered. What? Oh my gosh! Oh my goodness! <laughs> my mother was so mad, but I thought, Do you know what, your child is trying to improve herself, so you shouldn't be too mad. Yeah, no, yeah, there's a good reason behind that for sure. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I broke a shower, so <laughs> broke a shower in doing pull-ups. That's unique. Yeah. <laughs> And then 2021 came in and you felt like you had a lot of improvements in different areas. 
but then in October you, you start feeling this knee, uh, this weakness mm-hmm. in the knee. It's interesting that you had like a whole year off that you could rest theoretically without pushing too much because there was no competition. And then the first yeah. year right after you have this injury. Do you think it was something related to strength and condition? It was uh, what, what do you think it happened to cause this? Um, so I think it was a multiple multiple factors. So obviously coming from COVID, I had six months of the outdoor season and I PB'd in every single event. I got so good so quick and I was really enjoying it and we thought that's a good base. We then had like the September off. I think we had about six weeks off after um, the summer of 2021. And what happened is I think we went straight into high intensity plyometrics and bounding too quickly. Mm. So that tendon on my knee was happy I've then you know relaxed it and it's you know in a good state and I've just hit it too fast too yeah. yeah and I also started roaccutane then as well so it's isotretinoin it's like um, a drug for acne so I had severe acne at the time and that's really bad for tendons so I think with the accumulation of high intensity loading too quickly and that medication impacting my tendons it just wasn't happy at all yeah makes sense no makes sense uh, it's a, again it's another lesson learned don't go too fast yeah right? yeah so currently we're doing plyometrics in the sand and we're just doing low grade plyometrics so we we've learned from last year and we're taking it easier when you divide your training schedule because you do strength and conditioning you you do s- seven sports basically so you yeah. have uh different probably work schedule for each sport so how, how do you divide you, you train twice a day and then you go to school and then you study i mean it's a busy day right yeah so we train six days a week um our general rule is we want to lift three times a week run three times a week so how that kind of pans out changes throughout the year but usually we're lifting on the monday um, and then we run Tuesday and we obviously do other things like um, core circuits, um, sandpit runs. We're currently doing um, plyometrics and bounding, but lighter than last year. And then the Wednesday, we do core and lighter weights. Thursday, we run again. Friday, we wait. So we actually don't train twice a day except for in the summer. At all? You never train twice a day? Um, We do sometimes, but that's more... So winter training now, we find that a three to four hour session in the evening, we just get everything done. So we actually train between like 5 p.m. and 8.30, p.m. So we train for a very long period in the evening mm-hmm. rather than split into two. Yeah. Um, I think if we all, so unfortunately athletics isn't a well-paid sport. So a lot of us are students or we have full-time jobs and we find that getting the entire group together in the morning and the evening is a bit too much. So we usually just train evenings. But as the outdoor season commences, we do have double day Wednesdays and Saturdays then. Yeah. And um, I mean, I was reading some of your Q&A that you put out this week on on your stories, right? And there there was an interesting one about how to maintain motivation. Uh, And you said discipline over motivation. So elaborate more on that. Yeah, so you just find that motivation, you know, it's fleeting and it it changes based on your surroundings your environment who you're with and how you feel at the time and if you rely too much on motivation then you're gonna have those days 
you're not at your best and you are going to be missing these essential gym sessions which don't seem like much now but you know if you add them up in the year they're going to affect you and especially in a sport like athletics where everything is down to you know a point mm-hmm. and you know every margin matters in, in a race then missing those gym sessions matter so yeah don't rely on motivation of course motivation if it's there use it but discipline is so much more important yeah i agree i, I totally mm-hmm. agree with that but then you also said but you maintain motivation then you said find your why so what yeah. what is your why my why oh my gosh it's quite complicated <laughs> actually <laughs> um my why mainly funny enough is I'm a plant-based athlete so I massively believe in veganism and but not just that I I want to be an athlete who believes in something tells everyone who they believe like what they believe in and then show what I can do through that so I want to show people I can be strong fast on plants but it doesn't mean that I just want to make everyone vegan I want someone to see that athlete believes in something is standing by it and can do well off that so i'm now going to stand by my own values so it's aligning my values to my sport and then hopefully inspiring other people to do the same so it doesn't necessarily mean that person now has to go vegan it's what are their values how can they apply to sport and for me obviously sports about performance but ultimately it's about being a better person and making other people around you better So that's what sort of inspires me and that's my why is you know is in my race today can I inspire a young girl to race or you know can I you know make an improvement or speak to my patients kindly and you know it all kind of becomes one for me yes. and and medicine ties into it as well so and was this always your why in other words were you you always had this mindset or it was evolving over time Um, when I was in school, like I said, I didn't, I, I kind of told everyone in school, like, oh, I'd love to go to the Olympics. And I, I always knew that I just wanted to make something of myself. Um, but I think my why was more selfish when I was younger. I was like, oh, I just want to do this and I want to be this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, it's from the age of probably 15 up that I've just noticed. I don't know, like, I have quite a different view on the world, but I find the world quite cold and I'm very like happy-go-lucky and kind and I feel like people tear it down all the time. Um, like I said, that med, you know, med school now, like no, nobody's giving me light a day and I was actually, funny enough, I had a meeting yesterday with a supervisor in the, in the med school and, and she basically told me off for being proactive and organised and she said, never in my time in med school have I had somebody contact a practice to organize their placements and I was like well there's a first for everything there's not going to be change you know so yeah my why's definitely changed to over the years from a, a less like from a selfish point of view to now a less selfish point of view and I just want to combine all of my interests into just improving others that's amazing and and, and uh and the and the other thing that also caught my attention uh this week uh was a post that you make uh some days after that where um basically you said so much more than a body right and then you yeah. explain a lot about that and i was thinking to myself i was like of all people right uh, because if you wrote this something triggered you to 
to write that. Uh, something yeah. really happened for you to write that. So yeah. of all people, uh, an athlete being a judge uh, just for the look, it's, it's completely mm -hmm. unfair because there is so much more beyond that. There is the discipline, there is the, the struggles out of the field, out of the gym, uh, the uncertainties, the psychological game, the mental strength. There are so many other things going on exactly. uh, before the performance, you know, where you actually display your, your body. So I think uh, it's unfair when people start judging in many athletes uh, there is a, a lot there is a great documentary uh, that uh, was released a couple of years ago uh, the weight of of the the metal the weight of the gold with michael phelps uh, it was about how hard it is uh, mm -hmm. for athletes to cope uh, psychologically exactly. with that pressure and everything uh, so when you wrote that mm. Not you don't have to go to details, but uh, what really triggered you to 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 write that? Yeah, so obviously there were actually a couple avenues. One avenue was how athletes are always sort of judged on their appearance. So, for example, heptathletes, if you look at us, we're all different shapes and sizes, but we'll all we all compare, you know, one another. So and so's taller than me, and so and so's leaner, and we're always told like, oh, you've lost weight, or you've gained weight. Or how much do you weigh? And sometimes I feel like the way we look is, yeah, there's too much pressure on what we look rather than well, what can that body do? So that was one aspect of it. A second aspect is obviously just in general, how I just feel that I'm being viewed as just a body. Because obviously, you know, becoming an athlete, you know, you have that body that's desired by people like women and men and I understand that but when I when I feel like all all I'm being met with is what I'm viewed on the surface it's frustrating because as you said there's so much more to me than what how someone perceives my body now I recognize someone can appreciate my body in, in multiple ways performance or whatnot but let's talk about more than that mm -hmm. yep. because everybody's so much more than that. So that's kind of where I came from. And then obviously there's some personal aspects then with relationships where I just feel in general, people need to be kinder to one another and try and learn who people really are rather than what they look like. Yeah. So there was a couple of elements to that post. And, and, and nowadays it adds a different dimension with social media because with social media, people definitely are judging you by the pictures because they mm. usually don't even read the caption at all i mean they they like or do not like the picture yeah um, and it's interesting i've seen so many friends doing different experiments putting a picture uh with a text that has nothing to do with the picture you know just to see if people are paying attention to what they uh they are actually writing it yeah. Uh, but I think that that's the, that's another problem nowadays is that people are extremely judged uh, because of social media is, is driving that behavior too. Exactly. Yeah, it's such a shame, and I I think my Instagram's grown quite a lot quite quickly in the last couple of months, and I have seen that that judgment, and I'm seeing sort of the dark darker side of social media, but I'm also seeing the good because I'm reaching out to others, I'm inspiring others, and I'm able to help others, such as using the question and answers. So it's about understanding that social media can have good and bad effects and just trying to make the good out of them. Um, 
my biggest problem is you know going back to my body i don't believe if i post a picture of my body it i, I understand it's open to judgment all the time but i i'm never going to change what i post because people view me in a certain light so yeah that that's how i see social media i'm gonna keep using it i'm gonna use it to reach out to as many people as i can and and explore my sport and, and build my platform and if someone doesn't understand that then they're free to to leave aren't they <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean the 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 worst thing that you can do to be very honest is trying to please everyone you're never gonna do it never gonna be able yeah. to so just actually be yourself and, and whoever likes it will continue to fall in support yeah right exactly and, and, and talking about this this mindset um, I know that you don't get nervous in everything during uh, competition but leading to the competition usually comes you know uh, some moments that you you doubt if you can do it uh, unless you are overconfident which i don't know mm. if it's your case but sometimes you keep talking to yourself how do you handle yeah. that pre-competition uh, pressure that usually happens yeah i have quite a lot of doubt to be honest and especially last year um going into one of the competitions a heptathlon that allowed us to qualify or not qualify for the games like I had a lot of doubt because I was thinking of my knee I was thinking of this general pain I was undergoing and in my opinion just overcoming that doubt I listen to positive music I speak to family and friends um myself and my coach just have a good relationship in terms of managing you know those thoughts and like I said ultimately my view is I'm going to have these doubts but I'm just going to do my best and I'm going to enjoy doing it and if the result isn't what I want then that's okay and surely you know there's a learning curve but one of my favorite quotes is you know if you don't win you don't lose but you learn so that's just how I overcome those negative thoughts. What was the biggest challenge uh, in your career so far as far as uh, competition or, or any other challenge that you believe was like, this was the, my biggest challenge so far yeah I, I would say it was that heptathlon that I just discussed so it was in gosh I think it was in June or end, oh it was end of May 2022 and um, it was that competition I was told I had to reach a certain mark in the heptathlon to qualify for Commonwealth Games I had um, a medical exam on the Friday before it so the day before it which I had to defer in the end. Um, I was also moving house. And like I said, I was undergoing this pain. And and people who haven't been in chronic pain, the amount of people that are like, what do you mean by you're in pain? And I, I couldn't describe it. My entire body was hurting me all the time. And it became mentally exhausting. And with the medicine, with moving houses, with, you know, oh my gosh, this weekend I have to score one of the biggest scores of my life to reach the games which is what I wanted to do in all of this pain and then that entire weekend event after event just didn't go well for me you know the first event the hurdles it was okay but cooling down and then warming up for the next event the high jump I was just in so much physical pain whilst having this doubt of am I going to be able to do it whilst having the pressures like it was so tough yeah and um at the end of that weekend that's when we sort of decided well let's leave this year because I didn't even enjoy it and like I said one of the main things for me is enjoying it and I didn't even enjoy it because I was in so much pain um, so yeah that that to me was the hardest and weekend. what was the biggest lesson learned from that event 
never compete under so much pain anymore? Um, yeah, I think in my head before doing it, I knew that I wasn't going to compete at my best. So now, unless you enter a competition thinking, I know I'm, I'm not at my best, but I'm going to, you know, have learning points in different areas. I don't believe there's any point of me going to a national competition, not being confident and not feeling at my best or being ill. And and <laughs> this is funny because I did it in January 2022, actually, that competition where I re-hurt my knee. I was ill the entire week before it. Like, and I didn't eat anything. Wow. What made me think I could go to the British <laughs> and somehow do well? And and I always have this hope in my head, but I'm I'm learning now that you can have as much hope in the world, but let's be logical and let's and learn, listen you know, and listen to your body, right? If your body is exactly. saying no, I mean it sometimes it's really no, don't do it. Yeah, my body was screaming at me all last year and it was almost a relief when we said, Let's not go. So like I said, even though the Commonwealth Games was really hard to watch, I wasn't in the physical state to go, or even mentally, and I had other things going on at home and medicine, and I just thought, like, just no, I can't do it. So now we're just quite trying to create an environment where I'm physically and mentally more prepared next year. So it's all learning. Yeah, wow, this is uh, competing with such a, uh pain it must be hard because it must be first not only the pain but the frustration to not being able to perform the yeah. way that you want and as you said not having fun which is even the worst yeah i almost became someone i didn't want to be because like i said right at the start of this conversation like i'm i'm that happy go lucky i'm smiling i'm i'm encouraging other people and i, I found myself swearing and and not being you know who i i want to be and you know i was in so much pain and people didn't understand me and everyone was asking me the same questions that I was, you know, becoming frustrated and I thought, I'm not even being pleasant at the moment and, and that's not who I want to be. <laughs> so there were so many reasons, yeah, so many things like that I learned from that experience um, going forward. But yeah, competing on, on pain that nobody else understands was it, was very frustrating. It was your first time under on, on those conditions? that you you had or did you had previous experience where you not were not feeling 100% but you did anyway yeah there have been plenty of times where I felt 100% and and I think as an athlete you've got to go into some competitions not at your best because you've got to have that element of um, managing expectations managing your body when it's in different states But yeah, that was the first time I went and, and I sort of knew in my gut like I shouldn't be there. But obviously I had such a great opportunity from that weekend that we had to try it out. Mm -hmm. So you don't regret at all? I don't regret it because from that weekend, like I said, I've learned so many things about myself, about others around me, about my body. And also I watched the Commonwealth Games knowing I went that weekend to try and qualify. Whereas if I just didn't even try, I know I'd be thinking, like I said, I've got such hope in my mind. I, I'd always think, what if? Whereas I didn't have that what if. And I, and I, I think that's that's the worst factor ever is yeah, the, the exactly. regret of not even trying it. Exactly. And, and that's actually probably one of my biggest fears. You know, when everyone says, why do you do medicine? And why do you do, you know, I, I also teach kids and I'm also in the army and I do like loads of things. And everyone's like, why do you do all of these things? And I'm like, because what if? 
like every single opportunity that is out there just take it because you just don't know what will come from it and you don't know who you can change that day and yes exhausting and and yeah maybe I'm taking too much of my plate and that's something I'm gonna have to reflect upon but I find it hard saying no in general because what if Yeah, that's a great. I'm a bit crazy, I know. <laughs> that's a great point. I didn't know about army, so you st- you are on army too. Yeah, so I'm just a reservist at the moment. Um, I just I'm a medic in the army, so um, I'm not sure if I'll make a career of it. But if I just I've got my foot in the door, so there's an opportunity there if I do want to, you know, continue with it or not. So that's great. That's really a lot on your plate for sure. Uh, and <laughs> what is your expectation for? Uh, 2023 season so I've just moved uh, closer to the training so I have more contact with my coach um, like I said we are building up till Christmas improving my knee and doing prehab on my shoulders and just getting my body right and at the moment it's it's feeling good so we're just going to be patient so for 2023 we're not sure if we're going to do the indoor season yet if we do that's just going to be touch and go or just seeing how my body is not putting any pressure but to be honest next season I want a heptathlon PB I want to score over 5,500 points and maybe come close to the Welsh senior record Um, so I do have big goals but my biggest goal isn't performance related it's more managing my body because if I manage my body next season and I'm consistently doing well and and again I find happiness in that sport and and where my body is then I think going forward in the future years I'll be better so but I'm obviously athletes all the time have big goals and I do want to improve but there is any specific tournament or that you are aiming for I know that you you don't really plan to win you plan to get better but there is any specific tournament next year that you are aiming for to do really good for example um, there's, so 2023 is quite um, a chill year because obviously 2024 was Olympics mm-hmm. and uh, last year was Commonwealth Games so this this year there's nothing like big going on but I think for myself my training group we want to compete internationally so we'll find some like a European Cup or something and we'll go out to Italy or France and compete because we're trying to improve how we manage different environments as well and, and manage the traveling and and all that so we we're targeting a few international competitions we're not sure which ones yet um and then i'd love to compete at the british championships as well um which will be either end of june or start of july and and hopefully come top four or five in that as well so but again we're not really targeting any specific competitions well it's um the the Paris Olympics uh, is too close uh, for you, but you you aim when you look for your future. There is a specific Olympics that you are that you plan to be there. Yeah, so I think going forward, obviously my med school will finish at 2025, and then the Commonwealth Games will be in Australia in 2026. Like that's a given for me. Like even in my mind now, I'm going to that. Like that. Like that's it. I'm going. So fuck your ticket. I'm going. <laughs> um. So that's like the main goal. And then obviously from that, we'll have to see where we are because if we're for Olympics, you need to be scoring like over six thousand points in the heptathlon. And to be honest, it's the toughest it's ever been to get there. And the politics 
in athletics, especially British athletics, isn't amazing for any performers trying to get through that barrier. So, yeah, let's get 2026 commies out the way. And then we'll have to see then if it's realistic to push for Olympics 2028 then. Well, but if you if you do well in 2026, then you, your chances will increase a lot, right? That's what it'll be. It'll be like a, a two-year goal then to for Olympics. But, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's very interesting how you are planning so ahead, right? You, we are in twenty twenty two and you are already thinking twenty twenty six. So is that something that uh, you always do, like a, a plan way ahead, having that vision and then building up year after year? Because another a point about establishing goals as yeah. an athlete, you have the short term goals, the long term goals. Mm -hmm. How you? envision that and, and, and plan accordingly yeah it's, I, I just think every athlete has to have a long term vision otherwise you don't know what you're doing that gym session for you don't know what you're training that month for and that vision's not clear whereas if you know okay I'm going to aim the highest I can which in athletics is Olympics then it allows you to build all your years so it's like you said it seems so far away 2026 but it's in february 2026 and when you think about it it'll be 2023 soon and we'll only have a couple of seasons to refine our events get the score we want to we've got so many heptathlons to do and they're so tiring that actually those years go by so quickly yeah, it does. and if you know okay i want to be scoring this in 2026 and it, it helps you for all the other seasons and it gives you like i said a vision for every single time you train and every drill you do, you know, we do silly drills, walk-in drills, which seems so pointless. But if you know why you're doing it and what your goals are, and that it's going to help you get quicker, stronger, it's going to help you throw further, then it's going to allow you to be better in each training session. So that's just how I view it. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. It, but it, again, being so young and with so many things on your plate do you find time to just have fun and forget school and and and, and gin and athletics you you find some time to balance that as well yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i like i i do but unfortunately it just a lot it, it makes it makes my sleep kind of go so that's the only thing if if i do ever find time for friends it's very late at night because if we finish training at half eight nine o'clock oh that's late was, yeah Exactly, and and when I was living an hour away from the track, I wouldn't get home till ten. I'd then join people at a party at half ten, and I wouldn't drink either. <laughs> so I'd I'd have like two hours at a party, and it's so funny because I'd, I'd tell myself, right, I've got to show my face. I'll go and chat to everyone, and then I leave. So yeah, I, I go to parties late and and leave early, and I don't drink. But luckily, I'm I'm nuts enough. I don't have to drink. But yeah, I definitely make sure that I keep my socials up and and have fun because that's what life's about yeah yeah you definitely need to to, to balance um you cannot go all in 100 because you're gonna burn out at some point right so you have to find that balance yeah and i think last year was probably my burnout because i was in that physical pain we're not sure as to why like i said it was post vaccine but we're still not you know absolutely sure what what caused it and they were saying it might be chronic fatigue syndrome um, and there were a couple of things floating about and then obviously I missed um, the mark in one exam by a couple of marks um, so it was like a double whammy it was like I'm injured and I'm not going to come off games 
and I accepted that by saying okay I can do well academically and I did do very well academically in all of my other assessments but I fell short on one um and I think that kind of taught me that I was trying too much too soon and I was holding on for hoping to go to Commonwealth Games and study medicine at the time and it was just a bit too much so I think last year has taught me to slow down and and I will delegate some commitments this year, unfortunately. No, but that's good because, again, you are in this growing moment of your life and you are finding um, your limits, right? Sometimes you push too hard. It's like, wait, I I think that's way too much for me, right? So you are learning a lot about yourself and how far you can push. And last year taught you a lot, for sure. You're never going to repeat some of those mistakes again. Exactly. Um, And of course, it's frustrating. And and when I look back, I think, do I really have to redo an entire academic (laughs) year because of two marks? And I told them that. I said, look at my consultant assessments. Look at all of my other assessments that all of them have. With everything on my plate, I think I actually have done a good job. And but unfortunately, medicine is not enough. So, yeah, we're going to have to learn from that and and go forward and, and not give them a reason to send me back again <laughs> yeah yeah no I, you can do it for sure um you've, yeah, d- you've done it once you, you're gonna do it again and this time it will, it will be flawless for sure yeah <laughs> uh well it was uh, an amazing conversation already thank you so much for taking the time uh i think that uh for not keep inspiring uh the new generation is very important mm-hmm. and, and and as you said sharing your why and really focus on the good things, right? Uh, don't really exactly. wor- worry too much about haters. They will always be there. Uh, exactly. It should not interfere on your well-being and your personality. So keep doing the great work you do. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, ultimately, just be happy and do your best. And, and that's all life can be. Yes. And uh, I really hope that you are able to make it to 2026. So uh, almost four years from now, a little bit less than four years from now, we'll look back and say, oh, well, she was planning this since 2022. <laughs> exactly. Well, I told you, I'm going to be there. So yeah. I, I love the confidence. You're going to be there. That's it. There's yeah. no other way. <laughs> there is no other way. Like, no, no ways. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. This is a wrap for today's episode. Thank you very much for joining and tuning in for more.